0: Welcome to In Season, where we explore the farms, garden, and wild spaces of the Lower Columbia Pacific region. I am one of your hosts, Teresa Retzloff. And I'm the other host, Jessica Schleif. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Dylan is engineering for us. Thank you so much, Dylan. We are here to talk today about raised bed gardening. Yeah, different
1: ways to be able to garden vegetables yes. or perennials
0: and In possibly smaller spaces. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the topic came up because Jessica and I have both been getting a lot of questions recently of people who are either building raised beds in their gardens or taking on community garden plots. So a lot of people dealing with gardens that are maybe in the four foot by eight foot Range. It's a box. Maybe it's a foot tall, open to the ground. Maybe it's three or four feet tall, something so that you don't have to bend over as much. But lots of, you know, ideas around that. And just getting a lot of questions about what do you build raised beds out of? Can you use this for a raised bed? What do you fill it with? Mm -hmm. How many plants should I plant? What should I grow? And so we're just going to delve into all of that and talk about that. Because I think for a lot of people, sometimes you might have a small space. Yes, a small
1: space. Or or maybe your son is in an area where you have a driveway Mm -hmm. i mean there you can definitely build uh raised beds straight on to cement or tarmac as long as your
0: drainage in the bottom is accounting for that yeah Um, so i mean so ideally if you were going to design a raised bed jessica what would you how would you start where would you site it
1: well, I guess we'd be thinking about where our our good light is, mm-hmm. um where uh where we're coming out of our houses and where it's accessible to mm-hmm. us.
0: Um, Got to think about deer. Got to Got to think about deer. Do you have deer? Do you have elk? You know, do you have something that's going to try and eat the things yeah. if you're growing edibles? Yeah. Do you need to build a small fence? Um there's things to consider like that, that you've got to take into account? I
1: think other reasons that people can do it too, um, I know I worked in a community garden situation that was in the ground where there was a arborvitae hedge. The arborvitae and, and cedars often do this, the the ground was just full of that root system. Mm-hmm. And so deciding to go up in yeah. those cases that would maybe be another reason that
0: you're deciding to go up. Yeah. Or if s- you have a poor drainage situation maybe I mean you you wouldn't want to put a raised bed on wetland cuz you're no. still going to have issues <laughs> but or if you just have a lawn and you don't want to deal with trying to dig up your lawn and amend you can just build up from there. Yeah. So I also mean, going into um Maybe historical
1: places where you're not quite sure what's been going on with the soil. Yeah, you might have a possible small soil contamination, mm-hmm. and so by just going up, you can bypass that.
0: Yeah. So I mean, depth. What would what would you say would be the minimum depth of a raised bed? I mean, assuming minimum.
1: Minimum, I think twelve inches. Yeah.
0: I think that's kind of our minimum. I think anything, especially if it's on top of something that's impervious like concrete or exactly. something like that. Exactly. And there's going to be some root systems that are, would be limited if they only have 12 inches exactly. to grow in.
1: And and I think also we we um, taking into account uh, body ergonomics. Mm-hmm. And do we really want to be bending all?
0: Is this a raised bed for your
1: children? Maybe twelve inches is good. <laughs> but uh, but I this think This is a raised they're...
0: bed for your for your parents, yes. you know, who are don't want to bend over as much or yourself. Um, you can go three, four feet tall.
1: Exactly. And and something that's hip height that actually has a lip on it that you can really sit on. Um, I know I work with the gray school community garden. Those beds are about that height and it's just such a nice to be able to perch. Exactly. To be able to perch and, mm-hmm. and move around the bed and be able to sit while you're doing your yeah. your planting or your
0: work. Um, so there's – there's you can build these yourself. You could have someone build it. I know there's, there's like, things you can buy, like the little – plastic corner things that you can slot pieces of livers yeah there's all kinds of all kind of options out there you know depending on how handy you are with tools how much um, what your budget is Um, we were talking earlier before the show about um, the kind of wood to use and Jess, you've done some research into into that whole idea of pressure treat. I mean, the part of part of using wood as your construction materials for a raised bed, I mean, that's great and it works well, but you know, things like cedar and redwood, even though they're long lived woods, they will eventually rot. And so a lot of people look at pressure treat wood as an option because it's going to last longer. But there are some considerations. There are some considerations. And I I think um, historically
1: people thought, oh, this is great. This isn't going to rot. I can have this forever. Um, Not really thinking about what they were treated with. And I know in 2003, the EPA banned the sale of the lumber treated with chromated copper arsenate for residential use. So um, it's arsenic. That's basically arsenic. Potentially leaching into po- your soil. <laughs> potentially leaching into your soil, but also potentially, um, I know I've seen some studies where bra- the brassica family uh, can take up up to three hundred percent more of of this this arsenic, somehow within its makeup, those plants, those um, broccoli's mm-hmm. and kales, you know the things that we love We're eating to be <laughs> healthy. Yeah. So so that's something to consider. Um, you know, and so in two thousand three they changed that, and the compounds that are being used now, and there are names like Nature Wood
0: and, it's
1: still pressure treated. But it's still pressure treated in a way, and it's it's um, they're now uh, treated with copperquat, ACQ, or copper azole, CA-B. Uh, both of these contain uh, copper and the fungicide. No arsenics anymore. Yeah. But um, if you have beds that are older pressure-treated beds, if you are using a good compost in there, as long as you are not phosphorus deficient, the plants are less likely to take up the arsenic if mm-hmm. they have enough
0: phosphorus what if you line the beds
1: you could line the beds but you could line the you you would need to use to, uh, something impervious to line so them not like from... one of those woven ground covers no, where water can no i think we're talking more like a a bamboo barrier or you know s- some sort of a, hev- a more heavy gauge um Rubber or, or yeah. vinyl barrier. And then you'd also need to make sure that it, you have drainage. And you'd also need to yeah. make sure that it has so, drainage. So, so
0: some challenges with pressure treat potentially. What are maybe some other materials that you could build a raised bed out of?
1: You know, th- there are... Like we're talking about redwood or cedar and something to think about with that. If you have a relationship with the person that you're going to be getting your wood from, Um, you can talk to them about heartwood versus sapwood because the heartwoods are going to last a lot longer. Um, Stone is Mm -hmm. something that that is probably more expensive but say you've got a bunch of stones around Mm -hmm. your place cinder blocks i've seen some really cool beds
0: made out of cinder blocks same
1: and um the idea that maybe you could use the cinder blocks and then
0: face them with wood Mm -hmm. something like that and the block and the cinder blocks also stone and and concrete would retain heat yes too so that could really help those beds warm up
1: yeah Um, um the
0: other thing and i'm not a huge fan of these, but the keystone
1: bricks, the these cement mm-hmm. keystone bricks that can fit together. I've seen some raised beds built out of these that were really nice and once they aged and yeah. had some patina on them and that also gives you a real nice wide seat. You can you, you can Tear that apart at some time and rebuild it in mm-hmm. a different area. Another thing that I haven't seen used yet, but I, I've thought about, and people are kind of throwing it around, is the recycled plastic woods, um,
0: like the tracks. Like what people, I know people use them for decks and things people like that. People use
1: them for decks, and I, I have to be honest, I don't really know about leaching with mm-hmm. those plastics. Yeah. I mean, as we all know, plastics can be fugitive. Plastics can enter into our food chain or mm-hmm. us. Yeah, through our food chain. Um, so that's something maybe a little bit more research on. Mm-hmm. But um, Recycled concrete?
2: No, concrete recycled rubble.
1: Pla- oh, no, I'm, yeah, I'm oh, thinking like, I'm like, oh, sorry. I'm so, like, no, the thinking... recycled wood. No, <laughs> uh, sorry. But yes, like broken concretes, I've also seen some beautiful raised beds, um, d- stacked uh, rubble. Yeah. D- flat pieces of sidewalk that were mm-hmm. ripped up that were then stacked like they were a small dry stone wall.
0: Yeah. Um, so there's there's options out there for your building materials. There is
1: options. And I guess I want to say one more mm-hmm. thing about the pressure-treated wood. In my research, <clears throat> no organic growers, no organic certification can happen with that wood. And even though it's now being treated with the, the copper and the fungicide and not the arsenic, this is still... Yeah. something There's... i would be thinking about if the organic growers are not yeah. able to use that and still get an organic certification yeah. if you're taking the time to select organic plant material
0: seeds starts yeah. well and if it's stuff that you're going to be eating yeah i mean just think about i mean the plants absorb what's around them what's from the soil what the soil's absorbing from the construction materials all of that's eventually, you know, going into your salad. So yeah. just just be thoughtful about that and, yeah. and do some research. Um, most people, I would say, when they are planting raised bed gardens or stuff like that, it, it's generally to do um, food crops. Yeah, usually people yeah. want to add some produce, do some something like that, and so
1: and and this sort of mm-hmm. space, a, a four by eight space, um, g- gives us more soil to work with if we're growing mm-hmm. our veggies. I mean, I think container gardening is so fun, but you have a limited amount of soil in a container
0: yeah and Uh, some plants just need more leg room than that so uh, so the word soil has come up one uh, no you you have one one more more option
1: one more option I was thinking about the horse troughs oh that's true um and and I see I know I have done that myself when I lived in a house that just Mm -hmm. had a deck and I had a a horse trough that I filled with great compost I had a little worry about drainage You know, in the bottom of that, I put Terra Balls in the bottom of it for a little bit of drainage. They have a a drain hole on the back of it. you just got to leave that open. You just have to leave that open and it drains. And you don't need to puncture holes in the bottom of it or anything like that. It will drain. You'll see it draining out of the back of it. And that is another great option if you just want a
0: small... And there's a lot you can do out of those you know if you want to see a good example of those aren't isn't that um didn't you do some horse trough
1: yeah i do i do and those don't
0: have a lot of food in them but
1: when i did food in one i had peas a small apple tree lettuces Mm -hmm. a tomato you know i was just
0: going to say to people if you're if you're in Astoria and you're walking along the river walk near buoy beer um there's some horse troughs yeah planted out there and you can kind of get a sense of like how much plant material can go into a horse trough and what exactly. you can what a full one would look like so that's a good guide and those are you know pretty readily available around here they are I um, mean you know, they're not inexpensive but again maybe it's but it's all done you don't have to build it exactly so it's, it's and there. pretty light and they're, and they're and they're higher home. too so again it's like that higher you're not bending over as much to get into one of those so exactly. horse troughs and
1: a different look i mean i mm-hmm. think they look really nice yeah. with that there's galvanized. also half barrels
0: you know half um oak barrels yep um, there's a lot you can get out of, you know, get into a half oak barrel. So if you had like several of those, you could have a pretty nice garden exactly. with that. Exactly. So, I mean, I think there's lots of options for containers. So what, what, so, 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 so so what, what would, would we, we put soil in those containers? Well, and this is another thing that I get a lot of questions <laughs> of because, you know, even if you have, if you have a four by eight bed, that's, you know, three or four feet tall, that's a lot of soil you've got to fill that with. And a lot of people then start to look around at bags of soil, bags of potting soil, bags of planting mix, bags of compost, and start to really freak out at how much it's going to cost to fill that thing, or getting it delivered from where, what do you get, you know. And so I wanted to to just mention um, a couple of things. If you do have a really deep bed that you're building, you could punt and uh, like that first foot Even you could fill it with wood. Yes, you could get like like big like logs. Alder would be great. Big pieces. And thinking
1: about your woods, and and, um, Mm -hmm. thinking about your woods that maybe you might. Alder would be. Perfect, past. yeah. That's the perfect mm-hmm. thing. You might not want to, you don't want to put any walnut in don't there. Don't put walnut in there. You don't want to That's put yeah. things that have tannins or mm-hmm. um, might be restrictive for plant usage. Yeah. But yes, that, I have sometimes mm-hmm. used um, bagged bark. Mm-hmm. Like a, yep. a hemlock bark to fill that first mm-hmm. bit with. It gives you some food as, the, mm-hmm. as whatever wood is decaying, mm-hmm. which that will take some time. But it yeah. actually is a resource for that raised bed or that container. Um,
0: I know we've talked a little bit about hookah culture. Hugelkultur. Hugelkultur. Hugelkultur is a, is this real? I love saying that. Hugelkultur. It's um, a, a Northern European, I believe it's a German, word, yeah, it's a German um, word for building these beds where it's you. you start, sometimes you dig into the ground, sometimes people just start them on the ground, and you lay down large pieces of wood like logs mm-hmm. of. Can be punky, can be mm-hmm. kind of funky wood. Um, but the hardwoods preferably. Yeah. Um, And then on top of that, you put mulch, you put compost, you put soil, and you build this big mounded bed. And the wood underneath it, and it can be like, you know, three feet of wood, and then you're building this bed on top of that. And as the, the wood helps retain moisture, as it slowly breaks down, it's like you're basically creating a nurse log that you yeah. find in the forest. Um, beautiful fungi starts to come from the wood as it breaks down. It's a really good food source for everything in the soil. Really good moisture yeah, holder. Yeah, really I mean, good. I, I've seen yeah. demonstration videos
1: of this where they're watering first season and and then it's like kind
0: like of never it's, watering it's again. It's kind of like doing its own yeah. little. Because the wood holds so so much exactly. moisture. So so in a, in a sense, if you have a framed in bed, you can kind of do a, a sort of pseudo hugel culture by filling that bottom part of it with wood that will slowly decay, and then that eats up some of the space of soil that you have to bring in. People will often ask me, well, can I just fill it with compost and and my answer is no. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Though because, I've done it <laughs> but, because
0: com- well, compost is not soil. Or can I just fill it with straight manure? And yeah. again, it's like I mean, you could, you could, you could, and you're you're gonna you're gonna have issues with your plants. yeah because it's it's not there's if you if it's just compost and if the compost is like maybe just decomposed yard waste or or bark or something like that it, it's gonna be very woody it's gonna mm-hmm. be very nitrogen deficient so plants need a lot of nitrogen yeah. to grow especially leafy greens greens a lot of what people want to grow and so the plants are going to really struggle if it's just straight compost again if it's just straight manure well number one you don't want to just plant straight into fresh manure things that you're going to be eating anytime soon yeah Um, generally for for organic principles um, if you're if you're going for organic certification their rule is um, for fresh manure application um, if it's a crop that is uh, where the where what the Part you're eating that you're harvesting is not touching the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, Ninety days before harvest, you can put out manure. If it's a crop that's in the ground, like a carrot or a beet, or touching the ground, like lettuce or something, 120 days. Wow. So bear that in mind. You really need that manure to age and leach out for for any potential. And when you bacteria. are using
1: manures, you're you're wanting to use
0: composted manures. Yeah, because I... manure is very nitrogen heavy. Or if you're especially if it's fresh, um, it can burn. The plants can be so high in nitrogen that it can really burn your plants. Yeah. And so a There's mixture also, of an compost it, and manure. A
1: mixture of compost and manure. Also with the manures, um, you can have a promotion of powdery mildews mm-hmm. if you're planning into a lot of, if you're using a lot of like yeah. washed dairy manure or something like yeah. that. Um, that is a yeah. beautiful addition, but yeah, less is more. Yeah, less exactly. Is more. <laughs> and, and it's
0: just kind of thinking about... Um, you know, soil is not. It does have, you know, compost in it. it, has composted organic materials in it. You know, maybe there might be some manure in the soil as well, but it's also minerals. It's also broken down bits of rock and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And so a lot of times if you go to one of these larger, um, like, uh, yard materials places mm-hmm. um, where you could buy compost or things in bulk, um, a lot of times they'll sell things called a planting mix. Yeah. And that like a is, three-way mix. Mm-hmm. Or, um... And it'll have compost, but it will often have some sand. Mm-hmm. It might have some topsoil in it. I want to just like topsoil. Uh... You will often find someone in your life who is asking around saying, hey, I've got a bunch of topsoil I'm trying to get rid of. Would you like me to dump a whole bunch of topsoil at your house? And I would just generally say no. I want you to say no to that. (laughs) Just say no, because you do not know what's in that topsoil. And the thing, too, with compost, um, especially if you're buying it in bulk, ask how it's being made. Ask how it's being made. Go to where yeah. the
1: pile is put some of it in your hand
0: yeah look at it look at it yeah. form
1: it in your ri- mm-hmm. in your hands I think is you... it holding together is yeah. it breaking apart? Po- you know yeah. does it
0: smell funny yeah. is it you know because the the thing is w- when compost is made properly on a large scale it's being heated up to a certain temperature and i forget the exact temperature but there's a there's a degree at which weed seeds are killed and properly made compost in a commercial facility will bring it up to that temperature mm-hmm. and it will be killing the weed seeds. So when you buy that compost and spread it out all over your garden, you can be reasonably assured that you're not going to be bringing in a whole bunch of... Topweed. weed and invasive etch. things potentially worse than that. I've had and and I've made I, well, this on
1: that topsoil offer. There can be yeah, all kinds of yeah, things. Yeah, that's the thing.
0: Topsoil you might not even know you it's might got have morning glory. Yep, or, it could have knotweed in it. Yeah. It could have all kinds of things, yeah. and then you've basically imported a terrible problem into your garden. Um, compost. I mean, it is is this the same thing if you have a friend who, you know, is like, "Hey, I've got horses and I have all this manure. Can would you like some?" I mean, you can say yes, but I would say be very careful cuz horse manure is often full of weeds.
1: Yeah. And it's often hot. You can mm-hmm. have soluble salt build-ups yeah. with horse manure. These things, I mean, if you have someone that you know that has I mean, rabbits, mm-hmm. I mean, ra- rabbit, rabbit manure is amazing. And and this is something that you might actually add into your own compost mm-hmm. pile. You might yeah. let it age on site and mm-hmm. work it into your own compost pile, but not necessarily put this yeah. directly into something that you're buying. Yeah, but in. like
0: when, that, when you're doing that first filling of your raised bed, be thoughtful about the materials you're using because that's going to be your base material. And it's really hard if you fill that bed with not great stuff. Um, it's going to really be it's you're going to be fighting with it for a long time. And I think
1: I think, you know, when we're looking at this, and if we're working with a budget, this is not the time to skimp, really. Mm-hmm. And and I think people get overwhelmed by soil prices sometimes and they think, Oh, my God, I can't spend that much money on soil. We're happy to spend the money on the blooming flowering plants.
0: Absolutely. Um,
1: but really, in order to get the yummy foods and the blooming flowering plants, we do yeah. we need to be able it to is... make that investment in their soil. I remember once reading um, for every 10 cents we spend on plant material, we should be spending a dollar on soil. Yeah, You know, something like that. Taking
0: care of your soil is is the best investment you can do, I think, in a garden, really yeah. taking care of your soil. And, you know, if you start with a pretty decent base... Um, then you can add, a, you know, compost every year. Maybe you grow a cover crop on your bed and, and yeah. then, you know, break it down. I think the favas,
1: for mm-hmm. me, that's such a fun thing to do. And I, I have often, when going into new raised bed situations, I'll start with a cover crop. I'll mm-hmm. start with nitrogen fixers, mm-hmm. you know, and have some have some fun with that, have a little show with that, and build the soil and maybe even turn those into the soil as I would in a yeah. ground garden.
0: Absolutely. There's lots of different ways that you can continue to add to that soil. But don't don't cheat yourself on the soil you're you're putting into that bed because then whatever you're planting into it, and we didn't even really get it, we're like running out of time and there's not even really oh, no. talk about oh, the plants that you want this. to put into it. But what what I would say for plants, I mean a lot of people will end up over planting these beds. And thinking about it, if if you have a home garden and you're just wanting to plant you know, some things for yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, four by eight is pretty big, but it's also not that big. And I generally advise people in their home vegetable gardens to plant the things that you want to be able to just go out to your garden and pick a few fresh things for a salad, for dinner, Um, lettuces, leafy greens are great, Mm -hmm. you know, carrots and radishes and beets as a root crop, peas Peas. or beans, things that you can do. Um, Think about, even if you are a huge fan of broccoli, a broccoli plant is can get huge, yeah. and it's kind of a one hit wonder. Um, a lot of times, you know, and and you could maybe fit maybe 10, 10 to twelve broccoli plants in a four by eight yeah. bed, like crowded, and that would take up the whole bed. Yeah, and then you harvest them, and then it's all done. And yeah, I mean, thinking and, about succession plants, yeah, so thinking about what comes next, yeah,
1: thinking about I, I've watched a lot of people at the community garden working off of the square foot gardening method. Mm-hmm. And I think that is has been really interesting yeah. for me to watch that in those smaller spaces so taking out a, a square foot for each plant.
0: Mhm. And a, yeah. And you can get a decent amount from that for some of those those space hogs. Like don't necessarily plant a pumpkin yeah. in there cuz it's going to go crazy and take over or even a zucchini. Bear in mind those plants can get very big. And so if you really really love zucchini or you love pumpkins and that's all you want to grow or you really want to have eight broccoli plants in your bed go for it but um I generally advise plant the things that you're going to be able to graze from, a lot of cut and come again, a lot of things that you can Herbs, plant over and over maybe again. Maybe one
1: tomato. Yeah, and...
0: things that you're going to, like a cherry tomato that you can kind of yes. pick from. And then, you know, go to the farmer's market for your broccoli. Go to the farmer's market for your <laughs> cabbages or things like that. Get stuff, or like, you know, maybe maybe just share with neighbors and have one, you know, one of you can grow yeah, the cabbages, exactly, one of you can grow exactly. the lettuce and and trade so that, you know, you're not having your whole, because a lot of those things too are in the ground for quite a while. They take up a lot of real estate for quite a while yeah and um to me the satisfaction of a garden like that is that you know you want that kind of gratification like Ooh. you want to go fill
1: your basket and yeah. have a variety of things in the basket yeah
0: and if you start out with you know some heads of lettuce sow some radish seeds maybe sow some carrots plant some peas I mean within a month you could be eating a pretty decent salad hmm you know, and that's so satisfying. Perhaps
1: some edible flowers. Edible
0: flowers are always Long lovely. I plant. definitely advocate always incorporating flowers into your vegetable garden because it's so great for attracting bees and pollinators and beneficial insects. Um, I, 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 Partly I have a terrible weakness for flowers. I love them so much. but I, So I, I would probably grow them. Anyway, even if I wasn't growing them, also as a crop, but I love mixing them in with vegetables. I think so too. Um, things like sweet Alyssum, um, calendula, violas. I mean, those are beautiful things for bringing in the in the insects, and they just look so pretty.
1: And we can throw them in our salad.
0: And you can throw them in your salads, yeah. yeah. So that's a really lovely thing, too. I mean, calendula petals tossed into a leafy green salad is so beautiful.
1: Chive blossoms. Oh, nasturtiums, too. Apart. Yeah, yeah, And you can eat all, all
0: all the parts of nasturtiums.
1: And the nice thing about the raised beds, you can think about um, on the sides having things trail, trail over. And I have done that with squash. I've done that. With so squash. I have the squat like planted so, on the yeah, edge and I have a trail it on the over. Edge, I had one of those baby Pam pumpkins <laughs> come over, or a little delicata, or mm-hmm. something like that, and kind of train it over the edge and actually yeah. going down.
0: Yeah, there's all kinds of ways that you can figure out how to maximize that four by eight. Yeah. Space. And definitely think about vertical, too. I mean, if you put sort of a trellis along one side of it, depending on think where about you, your sun, think about where your sun comes from, uh-huh. you gonna create some shade. But you could grow peas or beans up that there's even some smaller squash, like little little pumpkins mm-hmm. or other things that you can train up a trellis. And then because the, the squash fruits aren't that big, you um, you know, they can support their own weight and they're not going to fall off. And you
1: might even be able to use that to provide some shade for, like, some of your leafy greens Mm -hmm. that would like a little afternoon shade. Yeah, if you have a hot, hot spot. I know
0: sometimes if you are planting a garden, you know, if there's a lot of concrete or it's near a driveway, like, on a hot day, that can actually be a big heat sink. Yeah. And if you do have things like, you know, lettuces or arugula, um, you know, chard or any of those greens, they can really fry. In a yeah. hot, I mean, it seems crazy to talk about hot sun here, but <laughs> man, just a couple of weeks ago, we were like 80, 90 degrees. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. irrigation too, th- these will need. Regular watering. This is a
0: big, bigger topic than I thought it was. Yeah, I know.
1: Oh, just, I, I, <laughs> I was shocked when I looked up and saw the time. We, we barely got ago. through
0: <laughs> construction and soil, but but I really want to encourage you. If you if you aren't sure about gardening, you don't know about your soil, thinking about a raised bed, absolutely go for it. There's lots of information out there, books, you know, information on the internet, videos, all kinds mm-hmm. of things. There's a lot of resources out there. It's a great way to start growing. If you're not sure. Um, it's really fun to do with kids. I mean, again, if you're older and bending over is getting harder on you, raised beds can be a great way to save your back.
1: Definitely. I yeah. Know. And it's a contained area, so it helps us with our mental health, too.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> mental health is always something to think about. I know. Anyway, um, enjoy your gardens. This is such a great time of year to plant. I mean, things are just bursting forth and blooming. The weather is good. Um the sun is coming. It is. Just get yeah. out there and plant your gardens. I, yeah. I know. There's so much. So Watch much. those seeds coming up. Oh, it's the best. Yes. My beans are just starting to pop through the soil. And I just. am yeah, watching oh. sunflowers popping up everywhere. I know. Yay. It's, oh man, this this time of year just makes me so happy. Oh, and, thank
1: you, Teresa. Thanks, a Jessica. Great, this um, was what a great subject.
0: I know. Thanks. I, I'm excited. Makes me want to go build some raised beds. And then I remember I have a farm. I don't yeah. need a raised bed, <laughs> <laughs> but I kind of want to build a raised bed. <laughs> anyway, thanks for joining us on In Season. Thank you, Dylan, for engineering for us. And um, we'll talk to you next time.
1: Yeah. Get out there and have a nice day.
0: All right. Bye.
2: Sport for in-season comes in part from the Astoria Co-op, dedicated to building community through food featuring local, natural, and organic groceries, produce, and deli. All shoppers are welcome seven days a week at 14th and Exchange in Astoria, and also at astoria.coop. Ellen is here with Tuesday Morning Folk here for that NPR headline news, but first I want to give you a quick little weather update. Slight chance of showers today, partly sunny with a high near 60 degrees. There's an east wind blowing at about 10 miles per hour, becoming northwest this afternoon. Partly cloudy tonight with a low around 50. Winds could gust as high as 20 miles per hour. That's tonight. Tomorrow, Wednesday, mostly cloudy with a high near 60 again, and winds are still gusting as high as 20 miles per hour. Something I wanted to mention on the community calendar, a dream poetry workshop with Kimberly O'Brien. It's going to be held at the Studio Collective That's 372 10th Street in Astoria this Saturday, May 25th from 10 to 1. For more information on that, you can go to 503-709-5740. That's a Dream Poetry Workshop with Kimberly O'Brien. And the Sue Wester Garden Club Plant Sale takes place on Saturday, the same day, May 25th from 9 to noon at the Sea View Convention Center. And I think we got time for one more here. Kala presents the Bob Dylan Birthday Tribute Friday, May 24th, one day before the plant sale. And also as well, May 24th and Saturday, May 25th at 8:30 p.m. as well. Kala is located at 1017 Marine Drive in Astoria. NPR headlines coming up.
0: Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Laurie London. The chair of the House Judiciary Committee says he's prepared to hold former White House counsel Don McGahn in contempt for failing to comply with a congressional subpoena. And Perez Windsor-Johnston reports McGahn was scheduled to testify before the panel today but was a no-show. In his opening statement, committee chairman Jerry Nadler said President Trump quote, took it upon himself to intimidate a witness, adding that congressional subpoenas are not optional.
1: Mr. McGahn has a legal obligation to be here for this scheduled appearance. If he does not immediately correct his mistake, this committee will have no choice but to enforce the subpoena against him.
0: Congressional Democrats are seeking testimony from McGahn after special counsel Robert Mueller detailed efforts by President Trump to shut down the Russia probe. The White House has directed McGahn to defy the subpoena.